Hi, and welcome to Living Your Soul's Journey. You are not just a person. You're a soul with a path of evolution. There is a bigger picture here, a reason for what happens to us. When we discover this deeper meaning, we receive freedom and abundance. Each week, we will be discussing matters relating to the soul, spirit, and cosmic energies. Learning how to incorporate all of these aspects into living an abundant and happy life. Isn't that what we all want? Dr. Vicki's transformational program uses intuitive and well-proven methods to identify the root cause of what is preventing success, to help bring positive change, the change your soul is crying out for you to experience. If you're lonely, sad, and stuck, then listen into the show and find out ways to become free and happy. It's easy to call into the show or simply listen. Either way, sit back, relax, and enjoy living your soul's journey. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Vicki Show. This is an hour of discussion and sharing on the universal laws and how they help you as you are living your soul's journey, especially regarding abundance, money, and you know, abundance and money kind of covers a lot of things. A lot of people have different definitions of abundance. So I'm just going to say, whatever's important to you, we're going to look at a lot of aspects tonight and just to share In the next few weeks, probably, uh, well, I'll just say in the next next few weeks, that's fair enough. Uh, We'll be having Richard Andrew King, a well-known numerologist. I have a chart done by him every year. And we're going to be discussing his new book on the law of karma. And I will announce his guest appearance on BBS very soon. So just go to to the site that I have at Living Your Soul's Journey, Dr. Vicki's show, and you'll find out what date he's going to be on. And just to share with you, the law of karma is the third third set of spiritual laws that we're going to be looking at, and I will be covering those around the same time that he's on the show. So we're going to be talking about lots of different laws. And now, there are four sets of universal or spiritual laws, and you, know, why do I find them so interesting? As an attorney who has worked with man-made laws for over 25 years. I'm young, but 25 years at least, I've been doing work as an attorney. And I find it fascinating that the world is made up of laws that so many of us don't even know about. I mean, yet without tuning into them properly, we sometimes get the opposite, the very opposite of what we're wanting to attract and especially under the law of attraction, because we'll, we'll talk about that because that's one of the first sets of, of the different laws that we're going to be discussing over the next couple of months. And I have spent years looking for the secrets, the fundamentals, the finding the answers, the keys. I've been looking and finally I found them. 
And that's why I get so excited to talk about it because I have found through all the studies I've done, all the works that I've done, all the studies that I've done, it all comes back to those fundamental universal laws. A lot of times some of the studies that I did incorporated some of them, and obviously that's why they work. But yet they didn't work completely. And I realize now as I really dive into this, how important it is to share, to teach, to discuss all these aspects because they're really the keys, y'all. They're really the keys to everything everybody's looking for in life. And they're right in front of us. But we've not been taught to look for them. We've been taught all these other schemes and other plans. And and so it's my job this lifetime to really dive into it. So that's why I do it as, as with any all with any of the laws that all work together. Now, it seems like the law of attraction has been one of the favorites to discuss, yet there's so many more. I mean, as I mentioned at the early part of the show, there are four, five, four sets of universal laws, and each one of them kind of dive in together to work together, but yet they're all out there. So, you know, it isn't like, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, it's easy or hard. It's just a matter of learning them, understanding them, and putting them all together. So the first set we're going to discuss tonight, the basic law is the law of attraction. And I guess that's why so many people talk about it because now there are, you know, there are a lot of different ways of looking at all these spiritual laws. Some people call them different things. They call them, you know, but they're all, it's like chakras. People have different names for the chakras, but regardless of what you call them, they're all going to work the same. So just remember that if you have a different name for something, don't concern yourself with it because as long as you understand the mechanics of it, it's going to work for you, not against you. So The law of attraction we're going to look at, the law of request, resistance, the law of reflection, projection, and finally, the law of attachment. A lot to cover, but we're going to go through each one and how, if you understand each one, then you start to incorporate and be able to utilize in your everyday life how they all work together. Because as I mentioned in my... um, my intro, we are, we're here to learn. Yes, we're here to have fun. We're here to grow. We're here to have friends and family. Yet at the same time, we're also here to learn lessons. If we don't learn them this life, supposedly the story goes, we get a chance to come back. Well, I don't know about y'all, but whoo, I'd rather just get it done as much as I can and move on. So final product is to help you understand that there is a flow and a tuning in method to make these laws work with you, not against you. They are like physics. They work in a certain way, and if tuned into properly, you get what you are putting in. You're going to get that anyway, what you put in. But what you want to know is what you're putting in. You want to be in control of it. So this is what... I spend why I spend so much time on helping everyone to understand because it really makes a difference. I think everyone understands the law of attraction because it is so talked about everywhere. It's like a magnet 
if you are feeling fat, now this, these are some of the examples that I really use because it helps us to understand why we can sit there and be positive all day and still not get the results that we're looking for. Now, if, if you're, you know, I've, I mentioned this because I have a family member that, that is uh, losing weight and rapidly. But if you're feeling fat, you cannot attract thinness. Now, I said feeling. Even though all day long you're saying, I am thin, I am thin, if you are feeling fat, then you're going to be sending out that magnet of not being thin. And if you are feeling upset because you have no money, you can't attract money. It defies the law. If, if you want more money, you have to feel rich, like you have all the money you need. And again, I know folks are listening to me saying, oh, geez, she just doesn't get it. I mean, when you have a bill sitting in there, well, I've been there, folks, so I do understand. And what I do is I bless that, that bill and I say, thank you for the money that is paying for this bill. You don't want to say the money that's coming in to pay for the bill because that puts it in the future all the time. But you just say you thank spirit for the money to, to, that's paid that bill like it's already happened. So again, it is wrapped up in thought and feeling. Thought creates feelings. So if your thoughts are powerful, they must be real. They can't be just a bunch of fake stuff that is not supported by how you feel. You can say them all day long, but if your subconscious, your unconscious, whatever you choose to call it, is sitting there in defiance or saying the opposite, then you got to get down deep into that subconscious. That's why I love the energy work. I know that I had my wonderful uh, spiritual energy dynamics mentor and spiritual advisor and, and partner in spirituality, Robert Tom, because it is about energy work that dives into that lower consciousness, if you may, and clears out all of those unknown subconscious thoughts that can come from Ooh, long time ago, y'all. They don't just come in from this lifetime. They come in from other incarnations and things that happened in the womb. There are just many, many, many layers of those subconscious. So when you're working with that subconscious, and that's what I delve in in my work, even though I work online, I work in my own home office, and I work by talking to people, I've done this for so many years that I can go right into the subconscious. It's not uncomfortable. It's not, doesn't make you feel bad. It makes you feel very, very powerful because you're actually uncovering the fight that you actually are having with yourself constantly. I am rich. I am thin. I have health. And then the subconscious is saying the opposite because of all the the other thoughts that went in there and all those feelings that got caught up with those thoughts. So it, it can get to be a little bit of a maze if we don't get in there and just say, snap, handle, let's get it done. You know, let's get it done. So the more you understand the powers of these laws, and right now we're talking about the law of attraction, the more your understanding of the power of your thoughts, the more you will be able to incorporate this law into your very existence 
and understand the power of your thoughts. At Delphi University, where I received my PhD in transpersonal psychology, I learned the saying. It's not just a saying, it's actual, very deep. As above, so below. So it's what's happening in our world above us, around us. You can almost look inside into unconsciousness of our being and say, ooh, wow, I can tell what's happening there. So it's important if someone's uh, feeling insecure and unworthy, you can, you can bet, no matter what they say outwardly, that there's some issues that they got to handle internally. You don't always have to dive into every single issue, y'all. That would take lifetimes. That's why we have powerful energy work that can transform these types of energies into positive energies just in, in seconds, minutes. Sometimes it takes days. Sometimes it takes weeks. It's layers, but it happens like uh, transformation. It's, it's you know, trans, transformative. It, it's like power. It's magic. So this means that your body is a reflection of your deep unconscious or subconscious feelings, thus your thoughts. For example, I love to use examples because that's, as I mentioned, I learned that way. So I, I don't know that you learned that way, but I share it because it helps me to teach and to explain exactly what I mean by these types of unconscious thoughts or subconscious feelings. For example, as I mentioned, I stubbed my toe on my right foot the other day. I looked back on it and realized that right before I hurt my toe, I was frustrated and had a negative thought about my work that day. It's unimportant what the, what the thought was. It was just negative and it was frustrating. Well, the right side is about action. It's the male side of our body. It's going out in the world, and the foot gives us our grounding, our foundation. I mean, it gives us, if, we, if our feet are, are messed up, it's hard to walk, right? So we have a hard time making that action, making that movement in life. So once I realized it, the pain started subsiding. Yet I still had to go to the chiropractor to get the toe aligned. So just remember this is a physical and spiritual world, so not everything can just be handled by energy, but sometimes you have to go and actually do some physical action to get the connection to go, because remember, the laws require going uh, with a very equal flow. So if something's not moving fast enough and you've been to the doctor, You've done everything medically that you can. That's the time you go into the spiritual and you say, ah, what was my thought before that happened? Well, in this case, I didn't have a Cairo in the, in the house, so to speak. So I had to do my spiritual work first. Thought I, well, I wasn't, you know, wasn't completely handling, although I'd handled the spiritual part of it. So when I went to the Cairo, I, I told him, you know, what happened. Within, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, the toe's fine now. It's completely healed. And I don't know how long that could have lasted, y'all. It could have been weeks. It could have been months. People might have had surgery on that, that, that toe situation. That's how bad things can get if we don't utilize both the spiritual and the physical and, and utilize it both. So the law of attraction brought me exactly what I was thinking about. So did the law work for me? Yeah, it worked. Not what I wanted, but it worked. Not what I had anything what I wanted, but it was what I was thinking and what I was feeling. 
We unconsciously send out energies out into the world and we magnetically get back what we are thinking. So in essence, the law of attraction works regardless. It is up to us to get our thoughts out there in a realness, not fake manner. So I can sit here and say all day long, I am just thrilled with my work. Everything is just perfect with my work. Well, you know, that actually is better than saying it isn't. But at the same time, you got to connect to the feeling of it. You got to really see the gratitude. You know, we're not going to talk about gratitude tonight, but I'm going to throw gratitude in on everything because then that law, it just, it is a connection with every single law. Now, I will share this with the law of gratitude. I certainly wouldn't want to be following off a cliff uh, under the law of karma. But I can tell you one thing, if I did, I would certainly say, thank you, God, for keeping me safe. When I fall, which I know I will, I will be safe. So the law of gratitude works no matter what law is in effect at the time. So uh, it's, you know, really important to understand that thoughts and feelings are pretty much the keys in our existence today. And this is why. I am such a believer in deep spiritual work because it is then that we discover our subconscious so that we know what is in our Akashic records. I'm sure y'all have heard those such as the soul records and the karmic records. These are every single event that has happened in our existence, the thoughts and the feelings that are connected with it. And those Akashic and soul and karmic records can be changed. We can clear them out and make them beautiful and make them healed and bring in. We don't have to. This is the key factor here. Just because something happened to us how many ever years ago, that doesn't mean we're destined for that. If we do our work and do what we're supposed to do with the universal laws and understanding energies and all of that, we can change our records so that our lives can be different. It is amazing. I've been working on it for years now and I can see subtle changes in some things and dramatic changes in others. It's, it's quite phenomenal. So when we live consciously and know what happened previously in other carnations, incarnations, whether it be early this life or other lives. Some people just don't believe in reincarnation. And you know what? That is your right to not believe in it. If that is your choice, I just happen to. So that's the way I share things because I have to be in my reality. If I'm not in my reality, then I'm not being honest. I'm not being real uh, to who I am. So my advice for myself And for anyone else that that chooses to listen to what I say or to listen to the show is just to send out positive energy and create that miracle that you are so dreaming of. Why not spend your energy creating a miracle instead of something else? Why, why not? Why, you know, why spend that energy on something that is Negative. As, as I mentioned in an earlier show, I had a situation with a neighbor. I could spend my energy on the negative part, but instead I created this beautiful flow of energy to the trees because I did feel um, their sorrow. I felt their discomfort, you know, because I, I am an empath. 
And I knew when they were being chopped down and, and, you know, all of that, you know, they had, they had their feelings. I did some healing on them. Well, I looked outside today and guess what? All of that barren land is now growing. I don't know what his choices will be in cutting them back down again, but I do know right now they're growing and it just brought me some peace. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is the, the law of the universe. Things are going to grow anyway. There's plenty of rain. There's plenty of nourishment out there on that land and all of our lands around us. So even if it's been a fire or something, that land, all those beautiful green flowers and plants, they'll eventually grow back. And I, I give thanks for that. I, I think that's such a beautiful part of life. Now on to the law of request. That's an interesting word, law of request. You don't hear any many books about that, do you? Well, under the law of request, tuning in requires what we ask for in help. It is our personal responsibility to ask for what we are wanting. It is usually when our soul is ready that we ask. Sometimes the timing is off, but we, we do ask and we know it will occur. And that is something that we have to go with the flow of faith. Because let's say that we have a beautiful flower and we have a seed and it's going to be the most beautiful tulip uh, that you've ever seen in your life or rose. I love roses. So let's talk about roses. And you know that you want that rose to grow and you want to give it to someone special and you want that special person to have that rose in two months. Well, folks, the law of request would say, give me that rose in two months. Yet there are many other laws, y'all, that say, ah, there's a timing issue here. There's faith that the rose is going to grow, but we're going to have to nourish it, water it, keep it in in a bright, sunny space so that it gets plenty of sunshine. And it might not be two months when that rose grows, but I can promise you it'll be there. So we have to ask, but we have to remember there's always spirits timing on this. And under, under the law of request, We do not impose ourselves upon others, including those roses, uh, animals, people. If you push yourself onto others when they haven't asked for your help, it creates a negative karma. And you take on that karmic debt. Ooh, ouch. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not want anybody else's karma. I mean, really, I have been working really diligently with discernment and with dedication. And I don't want anybody else's karma. And believe me, I have been there in the past where I have attempted to, you know, put my ideas and put my my control on others. And boy, looking back on it, I'm like, you know, thank goodness I learned before I crossed over this life because I don't want to go there anymore. And even today, we were, um, my, da- my daughter is a um, psychology major. She's gonna getting her PhD. And it was so fascinating because we were both going through this uh, fascinating story about, uh, you know, mental disorders because that was part of her assignment and how she would, you know, handle it in a, in a um, counseling uh, session. And I found myself saying, uh, well, you should, 
And I'm like, ooh, ooh, what I really should say is I would do it that way. And then that allows the other person, because as soon as you say you should do it that way, the resistance, and I noticed it in her, as soon as I said you should, she resisted it. And as soon as I shifted it and said, wow, that's a, that's a different way of doing it, I would do it this way. The resistance was gone and there was an equal flow of communication. So I've learned the hard way, uh, but i least share it with you. So maybe if you're resonating with that, it's something that you might enjoy. Who knows? You may not, but I do know that it worked for me. And that's about all I can know, even in the angelic realm, unless it is an emergency, the angels, spiritual guides, or higher beings, they can't violate our free will. We can't sit there and, and expect them to come in and solve problems for us. We have to ask. So when I get into a car, wake up in the morning, take a test, um, anything, do whatever, uh, go to a, an appointment, um, do a radio show with BBS, the best radio station in the world, I ask for angelic and spiritual protection and guidance. In my spiritual programs, I help clients to get teams made up just for them to help out with their certain projects, their certain situations in their lives, so that when we work together, we've got teamwork. We're not alone, folks, in this world. We've got a realm out there, but we do have to ask. I, I do know that there are times in an emergency situation where you know, the angel angelic field will come in and help those that need it. And I... I went through that experience myself. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but I had that help because I didn't know I was in danger and it wasn't my time to, to cross over. So uh, the angelic force, the, the um, guardian angels actually was a um, ascended master that helped. But regardless, I got help. And it wasn't because I asked, because I didn't know to ask. I didn't know I was in danger, but it was, it was not my time to go. So just remember that you really do need to ask under the law of requests so that, you know, the universe is abundant. It's wanting to help. We just have to ask. Now, onto the spiritual law of resistance. I talked a little bit about this in another show. So if you want to go to uh, look up the, the archives in um, Under Living Your Soul's Journey with the Dr. Vicki show, you can look up other shows that I've done on universal laws because I talked a lot about the law of resistance. And we invoke this law of resistance, whether we realize it or not, just like any other law. Our unconscious minds, along with the universal minds, work similar to a computer in that you can't tell a computer not to do something. You can't just say, oh, don't look up the Living Your Soul's Journey show. You can't do that. You would say to a computer, you go to Google and you'd say, look up Dr. Vicky's show or living at your soul's journey or, or how to travel in Canada to the Niagara Falls. You know, that's how you would do it. And it will take you directly to that search. Not something in the negative. You don't tell the Google folks to not find your certain waterfall property. That doesn't work. So negative words like you don't. You, you don't do that, can't, not, no, no, that type of thing. They, that doesn't invoke the law of resistance. If you keep saying, I won't ever get skinny, you resist getting skinny. If you keep saying, I'll never find my perfect house for the price, 
guess what? You won't find that perfect house for the price. So what you have to watch for is those thoughts that you say out loud to, to appease yourself, to say, no, I'm being positive. I'm being positive. But yet in those subtle moments, and we all have them, you're into that negative kind of a circle. It goes into a little loop and you can't get out of it. I call it a negative portal type of thing. It's like it, ne- it goes back and forth and neg- it just goes into this vacuum and it just keeps repeating. Well, at this point in, in time, you got to be a little bit more conscious. If you really want to apply the universal laws, it takes a consciousness, an alertness, an awareness of, ah, I just did that again. Let's correct that one. Oh, I can be skinny. Yes, my perfect house uh, for my perfect price. Thank you, spirit. Oh, my goodness. You know, this is so exciting. This is awesome. Awesome, awesome. So the spiritual law of uh of, you know, feeling that is that you state your intentions in a positive form and you expect it as well as giving gratitude in advance. Always fall, always fall back on giving gratitude. And um, I use an example that was a very difficult time in my life years ago that I was pretty, pretty low down. I I really didn't feel like there was any solutions. I didn't know how it was going to resolve. Very spiritually connected, but still very into a state of, I don't know how this one's going to work out. And so I went out in the mountains because I've always lived in the woods and the mountains. And I just started really yelling out, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making all this resolve. Thank you for making me happy. Thank you. And I, you know, again, it wasn't long, five, six, seven minutes that I was actually feeling happy and I actually started to feel it. Now saying that and not feeling it wouldn't help, but I really got out there and I released so much. I didn't just quietly say it. Sometimes if you live in the city, you might have to quietly say it or the police might come and that might not be good either. But if you're out in the country, you can kind of, you know, raise your voice a little bit and just get it all out and it really helps. And at that moment in time, it really did change things. And within a short time, I I mean, looking back on it, it was a short time. At the time, it might not have felt so short, but it did resolve. And everyone that was involved did did okay with it. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't all about me doing well. It was about everybody doing well. So the spiritual law of reflection, that's our next one we're going to look at, has to do with mirroring. Now, you've heard a lot of people, especially in the Unity Church and there, the, there are so many laws that talk about mirroring or so many spiritual um, practices that talk about mirroring. And this law reminds us to look in the mirror and change ourselves. If something bothers you in the world, it is a reflection of something that we need to grow and become more aware of. So, for instance, if people that judge others bothers you, then you might just look at, hmm, I wonder if I'm judging myself. How do I do that? How do I judge? Do I judge myself? Do I judge others? What am I doing to judge myself? And um, here's an example of mirroring. You start having water problems in your house. Now, when I talk about water problems, let's, let's give a few of them. Uh, you know, I will tell you right up front, there's some unresolved emotional issues. I remember when my mom and I were struggling over a situation in life years ago, the water pipes broke 
Within a week, the hot water heater blew up. Clearly a reflection of emotional issues not resolved. I knew it at the time. I knew that was it was boiling over. The emotions of this situation were absolutely boiling over to a point where they just blew a fuse. And it happened as above, so below. It happened in the basement part of the home, the unconscious part of our being. Typically, a lot of people that I know Well, a lot of people that I hear about, I shouldn't say that I know, a lot of people that I hear about don't like basements because they feel that it's kind of that scary area of their house. And so many times that's where we associate the unconscious with that basement area of the house. And I know there's a house that I used to live in that had a basement. It was beautiful. It was built out. It had a pool table in it. It had lots of windows. You know what? We still didn't like going down there. We put the pool table down there. We redecorated it. We did all this stuff to make it just look lovely. We still didn't like going down there. The energy, we had energy worked on on it, but it was something in our thoughts. It was something that we had created. It wasn't that the energy didn't work. It wasn't that the renovations didn't work. But there was just a thought there that we had not handled. And uh, even to this day, I choose not to have a basement. When I move again, not going to have a basement. It's just my choice. So it's just something that, um, you know, it, it's it's clearly a reflection of emotional issues not not resolved. Now, the spiritual law of projection, all that we see in life is a projection of our views, our thoughts, and our feelings. So what we see is what we were raised with, what our thought pattern is, and that is why as an attorney, it was fascinating, and I see, I see my uh, daughter as well, who uh, studies and they're, they're doing jury work and they're looking at how someone can observe a wreck or an experience in life as a witness. And so many people will see something different. Now, my idea of blue is different than uh, another family member of mine's idea of blue. So if I were to describe it, I would show it as possibly turquoise. This person would show it as royal, you know, no, not royal blue, but, but a different color blue. So there are reflections of what we feel and what we have been taught or even in school. I mean, just because someone's a family member doesn't mean they're going to have exactly the same thought pattern as you, obviously. I mean, I don't know how twins are, but I know Doug and Don are twins, but I doubt that they think exactly the same way. And I'm sure they have different ideas and projections about things. I would imagine all twins do because they're two different people. So even though she may be my daughter, she's still going to have a different projection than maybe another family member would. So if we project our feelings, and remember now, y'all, we're on that first set of universal law. So if you've gotten lost somewhere along the way, pull yourself back in and just say, oops, no, I'm still on these universal laws because I'm gathering all the data together. It's like a magnet. It's like a plus and a a plus minus uh, fuse going on all the time. 
things have got to equal balance out. So if we project our feelings onto others, this is a violation of the law of request. Did that person want our advice? Hmm, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. If they ask for it, then yes, they did. And you have permission to give that advice. And that's why coaching has become such a powerful institution or practice in our world today is because we're asking questions. As a coach, we don't say, you should believe this way. We say, what do you believe? You know, what is, where did you get that belief? How does that resonate with you? How did that come to be? You know, what's going on with that? And you start to, you know, you kind of evolve that. And so that person is not being told that that belief is bad. Uh, Hey, that belief is just killing you. If you don't get that belief out of your mind, well, that doesn't heal anybody. We got to find out, you know, where that belief came from. How does it serve them? What to have, you know, where did it come from? So, you know, when you have a violation of the law of request, I mean, did that person, if they did want your advice, then, then fine, share it with them. But, you know, you don't just, uh, you don't just love it when someone, I, I don't personally, but don't you just love it when someone tells you how to live your life? Okay, you do this, do this, do it now, do it this, do it this. Same thing. It's a violation of the law of request. If they didn't ask for your help, don't give it to them. And believe me, I know. I know that I violated this, oh, big time. And I and I realized what I got back in return for it. I put it out and I got what I got back. And so, you know, I know from the core of my being that the law of request works because boy, if they don't want it, whoo. Now, uh, when someone, uh, here's a, here's a good example of something of, 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 reje- of uh, projection. Someone you think, um, someone, you know, thinks that you are cheating in your marriage constantly, maybe cheating themselves literally, or just cheating themselves emotionally. Hard to tell unless you're in that situation. So I don't want to sit there and say, well, it's this way, that way. But if you are constantly feeling something, address it without projection, but with strong wisdom and investigation. So if you feel like somebody's, you know, cheating on you, investigate it, but don't project your feelings onto them just because maybe you cheated or maybe you're feeling cheated somehow or another, you're cheating yourself. I I was involved in a relationship where the person was seen by others as a con artist. I didn't see it. I couldn't see it. Eventually I did. But after the relationship was over, I really had to look at, wow, I attracted this. Under all the different laws, I attracted this. Whoo, boy, did I have some deep looking at. And I was walking in the mountains, and that was when the final major transformation of that whole relationship came. And I looked at how I was conning myself Oh my gosh, I was conning myself to a point of, well, it was not good. I was believing that I couldn't do it on my own, that spirit was not there. That's a con job on yourself. And believe me, so many of the things that we criticize others for, we're actually doing ourselves to ourselves. It's not about us always doing it to other people. It's about doing it to ourselves. So many times we sit here, y'all, 
And I get down to the core of things. I don't like to beat around the bush. If, if someone's constantly lying uh, to us, if somebody's constantly lying to me, I'm going to have to look personally. Am I lying to myself about something? Is there something that I really am lying about? Am I not being honest with myself? Because I certainly am attracting a lot of people that are lying to me. So I got to dive in there. That's, that's also the law of mirroring, the law of reflection. It's, but it's also the law of projection if we're throwing it off on somebody else. Um, so, you know, after that relationship was over and I really began to look at that, it was the beginning of my new life. And so could I have learned it a little, a little easier? Yeah. I mean, I did have a lot of energy work. And, and y'all, when you're doing a lot of energy work, it clears away the subconscious. It's not energy work. It's not something you just do for a week or two or a month or a year or something. It's a lifelong journey. It's you dive deeper into it. And I mean, I've been doing energy work for, well, many, many years, but I, I do it much deeper now and on a much more conscious level. And it's done 24 seven. If I'm in the middle of a bad dream and I wake up at night, I will immediately do the energy work to handle that so that I can go right back to sleep. It is a, it's a way of being it's, it's uh, as much a part of me as breathing. I mean, it is, it's part of my consciousness. Now it's part of my subconsciousness that it's just on automatic that I do this energy work because if I if I were not to do it, I, I really don't know what would happen. I would not want to go back to the way that I used to live my life because at that point it didn't work. So just remember to, you know, we got to learn to trust ourselves. And if we're betraying ourselves into who we really are, if we're, if we're talking ourselves into staying in a relationship or getting into a relationship because we don't feel like we can make it on our own or if we feel like we have to stay in a relationship because we can't do it on our own, we can't be on our own, that's a big issue because what we're doing is we're faking the other person off, we're faking ourselves off, and in doing so, nobody's really winning, and it's not a real world out there. And it's amazing when you look at high school kids because they're just projecting like crazy. It's, it's, it's amazing how I watch and, and I learn and I... I watched uh, some really good TV shows. I'm not going to get into that tonight, but I watch how all of these, you know, laws of um, the universe are playing out in our world today and how it does affect us. And when we learn these laws and really learn how to tune into them, it's like a magical world. It's like the world becomes magical compared to a mystery, like, what really makes this world tick? What makes that person work the way they do? You know, why am I experiencing this? You know, it's keys. It's like you have a little key and you can, well, it's not a little key. It's a big key. But sometimes you need a little key to get the little finite aspects of life. And when you start to really tune in, life becomes not so much a mystery anymore because it's, it's like when you, well, it's, it's not like, it's just exactly the same as watching a person learning how to drive and they look at this car and they see people out on the highway and they're like, Ooh, all this 
fear comes over them and an excitement too, because they want to learn how to drive that car and have that freedom and learn to maneuver and go down and all the discoveries when you get to learn how to drive and have your own car. I mean, the freedom you get from that is phenomenal. Well, when you learn the laws of the universe and tune in and learn to drive with them, just like a car, guess what? You get freedom. It's a different kind of freedom, but it's a freedom that even when you're driving your car, you even have an extra abundance of protection when you're driving that car. So you're not just driving it frivolously, you're driving it with all the laws and understanding and skill. And when those talents and skill come together with all the laws of the, of the physical and the, the universal, wow, life is not such a mysterious, ooh, what's going to happen next kind of adventure. It becomes more settled, more secure, more you know, confident. And I personally like that kind of life. I didn't necessarily like it when it was chaotic and all that. So the final basic law this evening that we're going to look at is the spiritual law of attachment. Simply put, we can request, have the right thoughts, that if our sense of self-worth and value is connected to having the right car, the right job, the right house, the right degree, The right person in our life have to be married, have to not be married, have to be this or that. Then there is an attachment that goes with that. Now, I don't know if y'all know what attachments are, but this one has been hard for me to understand. So I will share how I learned to duplicate it. Anything or anyone you are attached to, you are bound with. And they can manipulate you, they can control you, they can lessen your self-empowerment. And when you have all of that going on in your life, you feel pretty powerless and pretty out of control. And then what happens is you start violating all the other laws because then you start projecting and then you don't feel like you, you know, that your magnetism on the law of attraction gets kind of goofy. And, and so this is a pretty powerful law here. These cords that you have with people and things have to be constantly cut and healed and sent off to the cosmic energies so that they don't come back. Now, we can create them, but you don't want those kind of cords. And you say, yeah, but what if you have a good relationship with someone? Well, then have a good relationship with them, but don't have cords. Don't have that attachment that if my child goes away, I will die. Or if my relationship ends, I don't know what I'll ever do. I mean, that's an attachment that violates the spiritual law. And what that does is it just, it cuts off the empowerment and it really affects all the other laws. So, so it's, you know, it's one of those that can lessen your self-empowerment. When we judge others, when we have envy toward them, we can, we connect those cords and thus we have attachments. And, and I know that there are are, uh, folks that will understand when I talk about, um, 
Um, I mean, I, I can only talk from experience, but, you know, if I don't have this situation with this person going on now, then, you know, I'm a failure. If I'm not married by the time I'm 25, I am a failure. Talk about attachments. Talk about cords. Talk about things that are just going to be there in the future that you got to, you got to get those, you know, um, uh, under, if you, if you can understand that law, then I, I empower you to do so because it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to learn. Like, you know, I have, I never understood it. I never understood how you could ask for a home that's waterfront. That's a cottage that has azaleas in front of it. And you can park your canoe in the back and, you know, this is my life. This is the only way that I can live. Well, whoo, did you hear that attachment? Did you hear that cord? Whoa, you have just set up a violation of the law of, you know, the, that law of attachment. It says, you know, ask for that house, magnetize it through the law of attraction and the law of allowing, which we'll get into later on, on another show. But when you have to have it, when you have to have it, for your self-worth, when you have to have it for your value, that is when you have attached to it. And that's not the best place um, for me personally to be. I would prefer to allow uh, the law of faith and all the different laws to bring it to me because I have attracted it, because I have felt it, because I have believed in myself to know that I can have it or magically something even better. Whew, how many times have you heard that? This or something better. And I give tribute to, oh, wow, how many people can I share that with? Um, let's see, uh, Ernest Holmes um, from the Wisdom Cards, from Science of Mind, from the Unity Church, or this or something better. Who else? Maybe Delphi, possibly Robert Tom. I've learned this from so many different people. This or something better. Because we don't always know what's best for us. I don't always know what's best for me. I mean, it, you think you do and you hope you do, but you don't always know. So, you know, having faith and courage to help you live abundantly on your soul's journey probably going to be talking about that because there's some more spiritual laws that, that help with that, that faith and courage to help, you know, I know these laws. I'm part of the spiritual world. I can understand this. Thank you for bringing this enlightenment to me, helping me to know what it is. You got to remember too, and this is something I remind myself, if I thank spirit for the home that I'm about to get, thank you for the home that I'm going to have in two years. Well, you're kind of putting it out there. Well, uh, will I ever get it? So what you do is thank you for that dream home. I'm living it now. And you just, you just have to start feeling it. You have to have that faith. You know, I can't tell you to have it, but I can tell myself to have it. And in telling myself to have it, I can share it with you because in doing that, I have found that it helps to 
bring it to you because that magnetism, it's like it already exists. And when something already exists, you already have it. And it's a very strange situation that we have to go through. And again, if I had a magic wand, I would teach this to very young, young, young people. I wish I could have taught it to my daughter uh, when she was a tiny, tiny, tiny little girl. I think it would have been easier. Now she's getting it easily. She gets it easily. Uh, but at the same time, how easy it would be to teach our children this in schools. And, and you know, it's it's like magic. It teaches them a magic. And the universal laws, they help us to understand spirit to help us understand the, the the power of spirit and how the law of grace and how when we make a mistake you know we don't fall down and always just destroy ourselves because if you think about it there is this incredible order that allows this somewhat I call it predictability. It's going to happen. The law of magnetism is going to happen. The law of attraction, the law of allowing, the law of all the, the, the laws are going to happen. They're going to be there just like the sun rises and the sun sets. And that knowingness helps to prevent chaos in our lives. And that's why I feel the power of the universal laws is something worth doing my radio show on at this time. Because whether we believe it or not, we do make our own lives the way we want them to be. And the feelings that we have come from the thoughts that we have. So the power of our thoughts are to be honored and to be cherished and to be made aware of so that we can determine what our lives are going to be, what our destiny. Yes, of course we have astrology and of course we have numerology that we have pre predetermined things, but we do have free will and we can choose to have a very easy, comfortable life, or we can choose to have an upsetting life. I mean, today in my family, we had the most peaceful, calm day. It was blissful. Did we do anything special? No, but the whole day was special because we applied these laws in a very subtle, beautiful way. And it was a just a wonderful day to relax. Yes, I worked. Um, my daughter did tests today for her school, but it was done in such a way that was loving and enjoyful. So, you know, when you understand and you align your thoughts and, and, and tune in, the, the word here is tune in with the laws of the universe, the spirit has already created, they're already here, y'all then we have we become more conscious and when we become more conscious then we have a higher consciousness which brings us even more enlightenment in life and because of this just because it happens the universe works works with us not against us and life becomes peaceful calm comfortable and when you get that feeling of peace it is the most profound experience it is so nice to have. So I want to thank you for tuning in to the Dr. Vicki show this evening. And I want you to take a moment 
And even if you want to listen back to it, it'll be on the archives. Learn these universal laws that we talked about tonight. I will be back next week to talk about the second set of universal laws. And until then, tune in, be blessed, and enjoy living your soul's journey. Good night. Thank you for listening in to Living Your Soul's Journey. Be sure and visit Vicki in her virtual home at VickiFord.com to learn more about you and how to overcome roadblocks in your path. Until next week, be in gratitude and thank you for tuning in to Living Your Soul's Journey.